Welcome to the Grace-Based Family Podcast. We're We're your hosts, hosts, Karis Murray and Michelle Brook. This is a podcast where we look at the power of grace in the everyday lives of families. We're excited for you to listen in on the conversation. Hi, Karis. Hi, Michelle. We are excited about today. We have a a new friend on named Julita Harvey. And Julita is the author of a book that's coming out in a couple months, October 2021. And it's called Seeing Beauty, Inviting Every Girl to See Her Body in the Light of Love, which is so cool. So, and I can't wait to talk about this, but she, although she ministers to women and girls, she has five boys, um, (laughs) which I'm sure is really fun and very wild. She and her husband, Dave, have been married for 21 years, and she's very active. She loves to dance, hang out with her girlfriends, ride horses, and being a good Southern Texas gal, she loves good Tex-Mex. So welcome, Julita. Thank you. I'm so excited (laughs) to be here today. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. So why don't you kind of start us out by telling us a little bit about your yourself, your family, your history, and then how you, how you started um, your ministry, Body Truth. Yes. Yeah, so as you guys uh, mentioned, my husband and I, um, Dave, we live here in Dallas, um, but we've been married for 21 years and we do have five boys. They are six to 16. And one of the things that I think really sparked my desire to start Body Truth um, came about at a time when my oldest was about 11 years old. Um, at that time, we had, um, of course, the older four who were 11 and 10 and eight and six. And at that time, our youngest, we were in process of adopting him through foster care. And what happened in that season of life um, for me as a mom came totally unexpected. And that was, I started seeing my preteen son start experiencing some insecurities that I started remembering, things that mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about um, in years started coming back to me. And I started digging deep um, into what it was that was resonating with me at the same time. And again, God is so good that he plugs us in um, to places that we need um, when we need when we have needs that need to be met. Um, I started attending a recovery ministry at our church. And when I started answering some of the questions that were being proposed in that study, I realized that there were a lot of hurt, um, a lot of healing that I had not done that was body image related that I started grappling with at 11 and 12 and 13 years old. Um, so what was really sweet about the way that the Lord challenged me to answer some of those questions was he was asking me or inviting me to see what kinds of things needed work, what kinds of things did I need to process a little bit more as a 38, 39, 40-year-old mama Mm -hmm. so that I could walk in a more healthy space, not only as a daughter of God, but as a mom who wanted to lead her boy as well. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit, like you said, um, through this ministry, what was it called again? Body Um, Truth. No, not your, yes, your ministry, the the class you were at at school. No, you're good. Rejuvenation or what did you say? Oh yeah, it's called Recovery. Yeah, Yeah, it was called Um, Recovery for Life. It was a 12-step study 
Okay. And basically the steps very closely mirror the 12 steps of yeah. Alcoholics Anonymous and other um, cool. dependency programs. And this particular study was scripture based mm-hmm. and definitely focuses on, focuses in on asking kind of the right questions that mm-hmm. you process not only individually in a workbook, but then you come together as a group each week and talk about those. And that's really where the magic happens with recovery. Yeah. You yeah. have the opportunity to work with a small group over time that you develop a relationship with and that you really start feeling comfortable about becoming, I guess, transparent. Mm-hmm. And when those kinds of trust relationships begin to form, um, you are able to process things out loud that maybe you didn't even know you knew before. Mm-hmm. And what a beautiful uh, vision that was for me as to mm-hmm. what the church really has the opportunity and the privilege to do is to minister, that we get to minister to one another as we grow, not only in trust, but in transparency. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Well, Karis, you probably well, have a question. I, yeah, I just have a, a lot of follow-up uh-huh. to that. I think um, a couple things you said stood out to me, and that is that we have to seek healing for ourselves mm-hmm. before we can really be um, leaders in in raising our kids, and mm-hmm. um, and whether that is recovery from an addiction, or if it's body image issues, or if it's healing from trauma or whatever in our past, um, we see this all the time in our ministry to parents in, in that they're trying to raise their kids. Um, in a grace-based way, but so often they've not either fully accepted God's grace themselves or they need to take that time to heal from some wounds that they have because they're just going to, often you end up wounding people out of your woundedness. Mm -hmm. And, um, And so, so often the advice we end up giving is, you know what, it really sounds like you have some work in your own heart to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I see that in your story a lot. And, um, and so I'm curious to know, you know, once you started your ministry and started doing that work, um, what have you learned working with uh, particularly high school and college age young women that you could share with our listeners that might be helpful? Yes, going back to what you said about kind of dealing with your own hurt first, Mm -hmm. what I started seeing as I did some of the work, right, as far as digging deep as an individual, not only as just, again, myself as the daughter of the Lord, but also as um, the mama to these these young men and a wife to my husband and to a sister to my sisters in the body of Christ, was that um, I was learning how to maybe parent that teenage girl Hmm. that still needed a guide who really Mm -hmm. needed someone to give her comfort and encourage her to heal. So I do wanna say that we get to, as we grow older, um, what a privilege it is. I wanna really emphasize what a privilege it is that we get to kind of go back and peel back those layers and say, okay, how was it that you were hurting? You know, you can almost ask yourself like that 14 year old girl or that 18 year old girl and open up kind of what people sometimes fear opening up 
but that um, once you do it and you start processing it, you're addressing some of those mm-hmm. pains and those hurts that the Lord really does want to heal, whether yeah. it's through community and transparency or whether it is through simply opening up your Bible and allowing some of the scriptures that ring true and speak to you now to also speak to that young woman who maybe didn't have access to those words of truth and who still yeah. um, needs those. Yeah. But what I am also hearing from young women today, which, and it's pretty consistent, especially within my advisory board, because I'm very fortunate to have an advisory board of seven young women that are a collection of high school and college age girls. They do a lot of giving me fresh ideas and guiding Mm -hmm. me into what's being said in their Mm -hmm. communities and what they think the needs are, is that so much of the personal affronts that they suffer, especially when it comes to um, their bodies, are made by the people that are closest to them, Mm -hmm. which sometimes can be a really close friend, but Mm -hmm. is oftentimes someone who's even a member in their family. Mm -hmm. Moms, yes, even grandmothers, aunts, Mm -hmm. And I specifically say some of the women because I do think that there's a generational weight that many women carry and that Mm -hmm. we do um, kind of hand over to our young girls and also to our sons if Mm -hmm. we are not aware of how we're speaking about our bodies in the first place. Yeah. Hmm. I've always strongly believed that we, we will pass on our body image to mm-hmm. our children, whether mm-hmm. we like it or not. <laughs> um, and that's exactly why we have to seek the healing um, because they will inherit that from us. Um, the way we talk about ourselves, the way we talk about them, the way we talk about somebody we might see, right. you know. Um, and uh, unfortunately, you know, we've inherited, it, it's just been this generational, um, I don't know sin <laughs> in a certain in a certain instance that you know we are not viewing our bodies through the lens of of what Christ paid for us and how we are beautifully and wonderfully made by God and designed exactly how he wanted to put us together and um, you know I can re- remember being a 12 13 14 year old girl and I've been nearly six feet tall since I was in sixth grade probably and tall and gangly and <laughs> you know I developed late like if at all in terms <laughs> of just like what I saw my friends and how what their bodies looked like and then looking at me and going what happened am I you know um, you know, I had I had the body of like a teenage boy until I was maybe 27 or something <laughs> like that, you know, and all those messages that I told myself and um, things I heard from, like you said, close friends often and the comparisons made, you hold on to that stuff. And so um, I have two daughters and they're older now, they're 17 and 19, but you know, raising them, I've always tried to be very careful. You know, we pretty much, I don't say anything about their bodies. I don't say, 
um, you know, there's no commentary really, other than you're wonderful, you're beautiful, you're smart, you're funny, and trying to focus so much more on who they are than what they look like and what their bodies are. And yet still, they still have insecurities. They still have inherited um, some of the same things I struggled with. And um, and then, I mean, I, I'm so glad social media didn't exist when I was that age. But holy cow, mm-hmm. you know, between what they see on social media and then the, the constant barrage of messages from everywhere. Can you speak a little bit to that and how you, I mean, body images, you know, poor body image is not a new problem. It's a phenomenon as old as as humans are, but there just is extra layers now that that I see. Yes, one of the most interesting set of statistics that we are starting to see about social media impacting young people today, especially as it's body image related, has come out of the research post-COVID-19. And if we can say that we're living in a post-COVID-19 uh, yeah. arena. Um, and I say that because <laughs> when we look at probably in the last year to year and a half of what young people have struggled with, specifically adolescents between 12 and 18, we see the numbers of eating disorders on the rise. I think the statistic I read yeah. yesterday was that there were there has been from April to April of 20 to 21 a 30% increase of hospitalizations associated mm-hmm. with specifically with eating disorders and eating mm-hmm. disorder behaviors. So that tells us when we dig deeper and question these young people what are your behaviors, right? Like how have your behaviors changed? Because right. that usually is an indicator as to how these eating disorders have either sprung back up again or right. have started um, to become a real problem that clearly mm-hmm. is not manageable at home anymore. Right. And the right. three things that come up are one, um, the, social is- the social isolation that yeah. is kind of has been forced upon us and those kids haven't been able to exercise and even just do basic daily physical activities at the same level and rate and with community. Um, right. The second was some of their dietary restrictions that they're putting on themselves have come about because they're trying to eat a specific way to yeah. build immunity. Mm-hmm because there are some legitimate things we need to consider as far as we, um, how we give ourselves nutrition, but there are a lot of fad diets and things that are trying to mm-hmm. sell you something in the name of right. health. But then the third thing that is most prolific across the board is the increase of social media use and yeah. how not only that comparison to an image that is often altered mm-hmm. or filtered in some way has become poisonous to mm-hmm. our young people, but also the fact that so much of the content on social media is trying to sell you something, whether it's a product or a program or a procedure to help you improve um, your body and what it can do is something that is consuming 
these yeah. young women. Yeah. And it's very, very difficult for them to see behind what is happening and to see mm-hmm. the truth, which is God's love for you mm-hmm. is the foundation for where you find your body image and nothing else. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, the the beauty industry doesn't work unless we feel horrible about ourselves. <laughs> the diet industry doesn't run unless we feel horrible about ourselves. So many industries rely on us feeling not enough. <laughs> and that's always been true. Um, but now the way that, that that information is consumed is just so constant. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just a 30 second commercial in between television shows. It's not just a magazine article. Um, it is those things, but it's also just influencers that you follow on social media that you trust people who uh you know maybe celebrities or i know my girls love to watch youtube so youtubers you know and and what they um promote and support it's they're getting these messages from places of trust too you know even if that person is not someone they know in real life it's someone that they you know i'm making air quotes no via social media or YouTube or whatever. And um, yeah, it is, it's this constant barrage of you're not enough, you could be better, you could be prettier, you could be thinner, you could be stronger, you could be buffer, you could have better, you know, abs, you could have (laughs) whatever. (laughs) And um, our boys get it too. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you work with young women, I have girls, but Mm -hmm. you know, you, you both are mothers of boys and body image and eating disorders are on the rise in young men as well. Um, And it's not just a a young white woman's disease anymore. Mm it's it's affecting everyone and and um one of the things i know about eating disorders is that it it it's about control um and so i think it makes perfect sense to me that you would see an uptick in hospitalizations for eating disorders um during this time uh, of the pandemic because you know we all feel so out of control of things in our life that once were sort of constants and we just, you know, took for granted that they would go to school, (laughs) Um, that they could go to their sports practices, that they could, you know, be in their school plays and sing in their choir concerts and, you know, all the things that sort of formed this scaffolding around our kids' lives, going to youth group, seeing their friends, going to camp, they kind of, you know came came crashing down and so um of course there's gonna just be this this grappling to control something Mm -hmm. um and neither of my girls have dealt with eating disorders but they have some close friends who have and um i've definitely seen this scrambling for something to hold on to and what you put in your mouth is kind of the one of the last, um, you know, strongholds of control that you have over your world. And so, yeah, I can imagine it can be so hard to work with these with these young women who struggle in this way. They 
at least within this group of young women that I'm working with, they have been so, again, honest and just brave mm. when we've come together. They have beta tested the study that's coming out in October, and it was great to hear their feedback and some of the yeah. things specifically they've struggled with because sure, there's a little bit of a social anxiety coming back to mm-hmm. whatever is the new norm when right. you're at your college campus or whether you're at your high school. And some of the things that they shared, because I asked them, what are some of the things specifically that you've heard girls say that right. they are fearing about going back? Well, yeah. it's like, the COVID-19 weight gain and it's the mask me, right? Because I'm going to have to wear a mask again and I'm going to get acne on my face. It's these um, situations that, that preclude them to step into social circles again and be in person. And how is someone going to think of me? And of course I'm hearing it from moms too. It's not at all a very different conversation, whether you're 18 or 38. Right. I don't hear it as much from our male counterparts. And it might be clearly because I'm a woman, I'm not in those conversations, but I just sense that like the dudes are not talking about some of that stuff. And (laughs) even though they might be struggling with it and on mm-hmm. some level, we yeah. do realize that some of this generational sin that you mentioned, Karis, is some of what we're carrying over and we want to change. I yeah. do think that young women today too sense that there is a new way for us to start mm-hmm. talking about our bodies and seeing our bodies. There's some great things happening in the body positivity movement that some people just don't want to acknowledge or they want to say oh that's just not really um something that we want to deem as important because it's not within the church but you know what it is in the church it is scriptural it is like that our bodies are temples and that we are beautifully and wonderfully made like this is the origin of where the body positivity movement can really Mm -hmm. uh, where not only does it exist but this is where it can really gain momentum Mm -hmm. with grace and compassion and love and a sense of faithfulness to the Lord who made us well. This is, it's here already. Mm -hmm. And we have young women who want to have honest, biblically based conversations about where this thing can go. That's awesome. What, what tips, the things I'm thinking of, if, if we have people that are listening, or if I had a child that was struggling with some big body image issues, what do you advise parents to do or, you know, parents and also talking to those kids? What are some things that you have learned? Like you, like you have said, we, Karis, you kind of mentioned like as a family, not even drawing attention to somebody's body and you know, how they look on the outside. What tips or advice do you have for parents or, or kids? Well, when I think back to having my young kids, one of the things that I've seen work over time, as far, and when I say work, I mean encourage them and hopefully instill a sense of confidence in them that's genuine and is biblically um, oriented, is to kind of like what we said earlier, you know, praise a lot of their other strengths. I mean, to praise yeah. and to say that 
you know, you are strong. And I saw that when I think we're hearing that right now as we're talking about like what is right. um, grit and what is something. Um, there's another word for it, but well, perseverance. You know, yeah, perseverance. Right. But how do we, we speak about what we see in our kids and then how it actually specifically played out? Right. I think that they hear that and they remember it when it's a specific thing that they know that you saw and that you recognize. Right, right. Um, I would say another thing when we're talking about raising our young ones um, is as we are speaking about our own bodies, I do think it's helpful and encouraging for them for us to ask questions. Hmm. Sometimes I think we are, as moms, fearful of asking questions because we think, oh my goodness, what if I introduce this thought to them that they've never thought of before? And yeah. I'm now like going to start them on an eating disorders, you know, set of behaviors because right. I asked them, um, I don't know, a specific question. Right. Rarely is that the case. Right. Most of the time we're thinking about the kinds of questions that we think they might need to be asked. There are questions that we sense as their mamas, they need to be asked because they're already struggling with that thing, right? Yeah. So I have yeah. one of my boys who's built much broader, um, and I mean, he just came out of the womb that way. I mean, he, <laughs> he doesn't play football, but he looks like what your stereotypical football player is. And I overheard him say something, um, once about how a kid called him fat and he got really mad about it and then he just walked out of the kitchen well hmm. some mamas might say well i don't want to ask him about it because i don't want to hurt his feelings i don't want to think he, yeah. him to think that i think that well if he's mentioned it already or given you any semblance that maybe that's a concern of his then dive in ask hmm. the questions ask about the context and refrain from giving advice right refrain right. from trying to fix the problem until you have gone to the Lord as a mm -hmm. mama and have prayed about how that conversation went. When we give our kids opportunities to speak because we've asked questions and because we've just simply listened, then that gives us an opportunity to think about how are we going to pray for the specific child and then how might I respond? Because we have all mm -hmm. the time in the world to respond to them. There's not necessarily a hurry or a rush to respond mm -hmm. to them immediately in that moment when we haven't had an opportunity to pray about what it is that God has put in their hearts to share with us. It, it, it's interesting. It, it brings up a memory in my mind. Um, you kind of having that conversation with your son and overhearing what he heard someone say about his body. Um, this was not this last, you know, most recent Olympics, but I think it was the the last summer Olympics before this. Um, uh, Sports Illustrated, I think every Olympics comes out with, they call it the body issue. And it's photographs of Olympians from, um, you know, every sport you can imagine. And I remember picking up that uh, copy of that magazine I saw it, you know, in grocery store checkout, and I thought, that's interesting. So I brought it home, and my girls were much younger at the time, right? Eight years younger. And so right in kind of that, that 9, 10, 11 range. And we looked through this magazine, and I said, look at how everybody looks so different. 
you know, these are Olympians and their bodies look every way you can imagine. They run the, the full spectrum of, you know, height and of build and of shape. But these are the most elite athletes in the world in their sports. Mm. And it was, a, it was a, I don't know if that was a good conversation or not, but my girls refer to it all the time. They still remember it. They're like, remember when we got that, that Sports Illustrated and we saw how, how different all the Olympians mm. look? And um, I hope it was affirming to, say, to, to look at that and say, look, God made us all different. Um, I don't think it's when I say we try not to compare our bodies to each other, like that's a good thing to do. But it's also doesn't make sense to just say how we look doesn't matter or how we're built doesn't matter because God designed us the way we are on purpose. And and I think especially you see it in sports that that, you know, men and women often from the womb, like you said, come out of the womb with bodies that are designed to do a certain thing. Mm -hmm. And um, so anyway, that just brought up that memory mm, for me. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I think, Michelle, I think that's another good one. I'm gonna actually steal that one from you, Karis, and use that when I'm out speaking. <laughs> because I do think it resonates when our kids, when they can see the yeah. image, right? That's part of why that resonates with your girls and they still remember it, is that there's an image based uh -huh. um, conversation happening it's a really healthy one. So right. absolutely, whether your kids are four or eight or 12, those are the kinds of conversations that you want to be able to have with them and to have a visual right in front of you that just basically makes the argument in and of itself is fantastic. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and you know, the one that stood out so much was some of our female weightlifters and one woman in particular who she's the strongest woman in the world um, can lift heavier weights than any woman on earth, at least according to the Olympics. And um, if you saw her walking down the street, you might judge her for having a heavier build, a heavier body weight, a larger frame, because she doesn't fit the image of what you would look at and be like, that's an elite athlete, except that she is, you know? Mm -hmm. And everybody's bodies are designed to do something really, really well. And so um, I think that's part of this body positivity movement that we can add to as Christians um, and go even deeper on because we believe in a creator God that was intentional about how he put us together. Mm -hmm. um, so, well, I, I love this conversation. Um, and I, I just kind of want to ask you, um, you know, as you're continuing to have this conversation with your board of advisors, which I love that you have included, um, mm -hmm. you know, teenage young women on your board of advisors, like how I think about when I was that age, how special I would have mm -hmm. felt if I was asked to add my voice to something important like that. Um, teenagers are often just, it's like, we don't care what you think, you're teenagers, you know? Um, so, but um, as you're hearing from them, what do you think are important next steps after after this conversation that that our listeners are hearing, what are some important next steps that parents can take? In addition to, again, ask 
asking the questions and just becoming good listeners and being brave enough, choosing to be brave enough to recognize, do I need more help as an individual, Mm -hmm. right? As an parent, my senior pastor often says, we all need more help than we think we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Many of us need to seek further counseling or mm-hmm. accountability or just time with a trusted friend to, to mm-hmm. start processing some of our own hurts and our own hangups. Or a recovery ministry, like like was the catalyst for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think one more thing that parents can do as they're praying over these (laughs) our beautiful children right like they just don't even know how precious Mm -hmm. they are to us is feel free to dig in on your own and and do the homework and do the research if you are curious about something even if it just has something to do with you and what your next steps um could be dig in and go to the scriptures and the ones that potentially again some that resonate with you this is at least what i'm doing right now i don't know if this is necessarily what we're asking but uh, there are some i talk a lot about how god is calling us to see Mm -hmm. and what it means when he shows us light in the scripture so those are scriptures that resonate with me and I'm getting in and I'm digging in and I'm trying to find the context of them. And I'm Mm -hmm. looking at the different translations of different words because it fascinates me what it is that God is doing in the context of not only the Bible, but in history. So I would say if there's something that sparks your interest or your curiosity, listen to that voice. Um, You have the potential to do some of this research or this work that not only could help you process and heal, but that you might be able to share with others. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So, um, Jolita, I know you've had quite a journey and we didn't even really have a lot of time to delve into your story and your history. Um, but I just love how you're saying it's a lifelong journey. It's not, you're always going to be recovering from these thoughts and we all have them, um, about negative lies from Satan, right? Telling us you're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're, you're not enough. Um, but real quick here, tell us about your website and your ministry and how people can come alongside you, get resources and get this message into their communities. Sure. Um, Bodytruth.org is where I host most of the material, whether it's blog and articles or articles that I've been able to publish with other small online forums, as well as some of the guests that I get to host. Um, I've been able to host almost 50 guests over the last couple of years. And all of those guests are speaking from a biblical perspective Hmm. about how it is they believe God is calling them to see their bodies truthfully. Hmm. So we have mostly high school and college age girls there, but we also have been able to host a few moms and a few therapists 
and you really get the range there, right? Mm, of cool. how does this body image conversation play out across the spectrum of women, whether they're 15 or whether they're 45. Mm-hmm. So that that's what's happening over there. I have been really excited about the workbook that's coming out in October. I've been working on it for about a year and a half and it's a four week study. It is something that I'm calling a live study and that when young women come together, whether it's an after school group or whether mm-hmm. it's you know, your daughter's small group within her church or even if a sorority group is hosting kind of a Bible study, they could access this and do it mm-hmm. live. So there's no homework. You basically do the work together and have the conversations live right. together That's over good. a period of four weeks. And of wow. course there's a video guide that will kind of introduce each of the sessions so that they kind of move along. That's my latest project that you'll see over there at Body Truth, as well as um, on Instagram. And Instagram is just a fun way for the girls to engage, to spread the message and the the name Mm -hmm. is at body underscore truth. So you can get to it through there and comment and respond and give ideas and engage with us over there as well. But this workbook is my my love, my passion. It's my first mm-hmm. study to get to write. And it just feels like a privilege that I've already been able to beta test it, get responses from other yeah. girls about it, and then put it out into the world and see how it's gonna generate conversations um, that are even further out from the community that I live in. That's cool. Well, I'm so excited for that resource. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, I'm thinking of my two girls and just how needed this is. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just real. I mean, we have we have gone looking for something like this before the three of us together, something we could do together or they could do with their friends and just have not found something mm-hmm. that was biblically based um, about their bodies and, and body image and in conversation. So this thank you for doing this work mm-hmm. because it's yeah. so needed. And as a mom of daughters, I'm I'm excited for how this is going to help um, people like my girls and their friends. And and um, so we really, really appreciate you and the work that you're doing. And we are we are for you and we <laughs> are your your fans and your cheerleaders. And yeah. um, and so thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate your support and your insight today has been really helpful and just the enthusiasm and the passion around this conversation is, I think it's not only fueling me, but I think it definitely affects other women um, who are, who are mamas and who are in our spheres who want to grow. So thank you. Love it. Well, awesome. We are here for you at Grace Based Families. If we can minister to you, pray for you, um, please feel free to reach out to us at family at gracebasedfamilies.com. And again, Julie, Julita's, I'm sorry, sorry, said her, Julita's <laughs> website is bodytruth.org. So thank you so much for being with us today, Julita. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Grace-Based Families podcast. This is part of Grace-Based Families Ministry. For more resources, check us out on gracebasedfamilies.com slash podcast or stream us on all major podcasting platforms. Once again, this is Karis and Michelle. Until next time.